Hey, good morning. Uh, glad you're here this morning. If you could turn in your Bibles to the book of Jonah, and we're going to read verses uh, 1 through 10. So Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And start with verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down from the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be, that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil has come upon us, or is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. For what is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. You know, Jonah used to be one of the most familiar stories in the Bible, and people became so familiar with it that it just became the story of the well, and that was the focus of the story, was Jonah being in the, the belly of this fish. But there are a lot of lessons in Jonah, even though it's a small book, he's one of the minor prophets. Uh, but we, at some point, see his story in parallel to maybe ours. At some point in Jonah's life, he decided that he was going to run away from God. He was going to run away from the direction that God had for his life. And we know that we all are made for a purpose. And sometimes we tend to not agree with that purpose. We may try to run from the purpose that God has laid out for us. But at some point in our lives, we might think that we want to be in control. And we find that trying to be in control puts us in a place where we're completely out of control. And we see that in Jonah's life. And this is a true story about three points I want to make this morning about God's will and our ability sometimes to try to run from God's will, but God's sovereignty in trying to pull us back to His will. So God's will, God's woe, and the fact that God loves us enough to kind of try to bring us back in line. And through His woe, He does that, and He reminds us that His will is set up for our lives, and it's perfectly suited to us. So God's will, God's woe, and finally God's way. That God is a God of love and mercy. That He loves us in ways we cannot comprehend. And that He has mercy on us 
that we could never dream of and how he wants us to share his message of mercy with others, that through his mercy to us, that we're to share that mercy with other people. But God's will, God's woe, and God's way. And the first thing is God's will. And you know, people have the ability to make a mess of their lives, and we probably could say with those people that we have made a mess of ours at some point, but they have a, an ability and they have a, a tendency to make bad decisions. They listen to bad advice. They go down dark roads, and those dark roads lead to nowhere. And you could say that when you look at that life, that that life looks like it's shipwrecked. And it may be that their life seems shipwrecked, but maybe our assessment of them isn't quite the way God sees it because our assessment as it being shipwrecked is maybe God just calling them back to a place where He can show them that His way is better than the way that they've chosen for Himself, that His way is a way that He has specifically called them to that this life apart from Him and His Word uh, isn't quite as enjoyable as life with Him and following His direction and His plan for their lives. But the truth is God has chosen a perfect way for us individually. And that should give us some comfort knowing that God has tailored a path for us in this world. That's how much He cares for us, that He has made a way, He has made you specifically for a purpose that He has called you to. Many times we find ourselves uh, looking on TV or looking at our friends and looking at our relatives and we think, well, I want a life just like theirs. But in that we lose the ability to see the life that God has made for us specifically and we pass it over. But God has made a perfect way for us individually. We need to know that where we are, we are not there by accident, that we have been planned over, you have been planned over, you have been labored over, every meeting that you've been a part of, Every laugh that you had, every trouble that you've been through was known about in advance and it was cared for by God. God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah and he says this as Jeremiah is chosen by God. He says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations." Maybe you haven't been ordained a prophet, but you've been ordained for something that God has specifically chosen you for. But God has great care and concern over you. And He has great care and concern over you the way a parent would have great concern and care over a child, but even more so because He is the God of the universe and He knows you intimately and specifically. But He watches over every step. In Psalm 23, 2 and 3, one of the most comforting uh, chapters in the Bible, it says, He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores your soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you just wish that you could just lie down in a green pasture in, in the peace of God? That you could just sit beside the still waters on the bank of a shore and, and feel the peace that comes from being in a place like that. Well, God leads us into those places. He leads us in paths of righteousness. And the fact is God made us, made you specifically for a purpose. And the purpose is His purpose. It's not your own. There's only one perfect way in life for you, and that's God's way. Jeremiah 29, 11, as he speaks to Jeremiah again, he says, For I know the thoughts 
that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. To give you an expected end, meaning God's expected end. He's made you for a purpose. And that should give us a security. That should give us a, a warmth, a, a stability, knowing that we have been tailored for something that God has made us for on this earth. That you're not where you are by mistake. We see that Jonah had been chosen for God's plan. But when Jonah turned from it, out of God's will, he saw something else come into play. He found God's woe at work. And many times we will turn from God's will and we try to understand what's going on because it doesn't make any sense to us. But maybe we've turned and we've met God's woe, but also for a purpose. Jonah decided that the way God had called him to, that he really didn't agree with, and he decided that he could just go in a different direction from where God had called him. And by doing that, what he headed into was a complete storm. And ultimately, he ends up in the belly of a fish. And in the belly of the fish, he said that he considered that place to be the belly of hell itself because it was so miserable. And there's been times when we have run from God's will and we found ourselves in a place that is so miserable but the, the purpose of that place is to bring us back in line to be where God has called us to be, that perfect place. Sometimes even God's people try to run from God. Jonah was God's chosen person. And so God's people try to run from God as well, but you really can't run from God because when you run from God, you find out that you just run back right into God. And so it's hard to really run from God, although we think we might be doing it. The psalmist said this in Psalm 139, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. So we find it's really hard to run from God. Charles Spurgeon said that God never allows His children to sin successfully. God never allows His children to sin successfully. So if we wonder if we're in a predicament and we're in a situation in life that just seems to be an utter hell, maybe it's because God won't allow you to sin successfully. And that's proof that God has called you to Himself. Hebrews 12.6 says, For whom the Lord loves, He chastens, and He scourges every son whom He receives. And sometimes we look at it as, as if God is angry at us, and we have done it this time, and we are out forever, and we have gotten on the bad side of God. But what God does for us, really, in this situation, is He chastens us. And according to His Word, and we have to know it according to His Word, that He chastens us and corrects us for our own good. And I don't know about you, but me left to my own devices uh, ends me up in a place that's not desirable. So sometimes God needs to chasten me and bring me back. And sometimes instead of me bucking it and getting upset with it, I need to be soft enough to say, God, maybe I have taken a wrong direction here. Lord, are you chastening me? Where have I gone wrong? And turn back to that place where I see God's perfect will. There's a saying, and it's called the Westminster Catechism, and it comes from the Westminster Church that they wrote in the year 1646. And it states this, it states that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. 
Is your life glorifying God? Is the purpose of your life is to just enjoy Him forever? In Psalm 118, 18, it says, The Lord hath chastened me sore, but He hath not given me over unto death. He had not given me over unto death. And we can see that Jonah probably understood the psalmist here as he's sitting in the, the belly of this fish. And you can imagine the belly of the fish, uh, a dank place, probably hotter than all get out. And it, it, it probably smelled, who knows, the smells that were in that place as a whale eats fish and all kinds of sea life. And they were probably rotting in his, his stomach. And, and Jonah is down there in this literal, almost literal place of hell thinking, how did I get here? What did I do to cause me to be in this place of literal hell? So when Jonah runs from God, he sees God's woe, but then he found in his woe the advantage of living God's way. He found the advantage of living God's way. And we know that God's nature from his word is to love. And sometimes when we're in this situation of being in God's woe, we think certainly God is not a God of love. That God is only a God of justice, and truly God is a God of justice, especially where His justice and love mix enough to allow us to go into His woe so that we can come out and see God's way. But God is, by nature, a God of love. And, and the reason why He's a God of love isn't because we're good, but God is a God of love just because God is love, uh, simply. God is love. In 1 John four sixteen it says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. We find that God in his infinite love even loves a wicked person, and that many times in Scripture it says that he is no respecter of persons, but he is completely love, and he knows that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Many times we think that we in ourselves have the ability to separate ourselves from God, that something we did will separate us from God. But we find that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that we are unable to separate ourselves from God, even though we think we have the power to do that. But God loves us infinitely. He even loves a wicked person. God loves people even before they loved Him. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We don't have to do good deeds for God to love and accept us. All we need to do is believe in Jesus Christ and ask Him to make us clean. We need to come to Him as we are and accept Him as our Lord and Savior to follow Him. But the truth is God loves sinful people. But He doesn't love bad things that they do, but He loves the sinful person. He understands what sin is. He understands the whole entirety of the universe and how sin came to be. And He, and he understands and loves the sinner. He loves sinful people. So He sends people like Jonah to tell them about His way. And even the person that He sends in Jonah is someone who tries to uh, kick against his love and kick against his way. And God in his love and his perfectness leads Jonah back to himself to go still preach to Nineveh the mercy and love of God. And they turn from their sin. But we find God is a God of love. Max Lucado, he says this about God's love. 
he says, he says it this way, he says, we give more applause to a brawny ball carrier than we do to the God who made us. We sing more songs to the moon than to the Christ who saved us. And if he doesn't give us what we want, we simply say he doesn't exist. God has every reason to abandon us. I sure would. I'd wash my hands of the whole mess and start over. But does he? You think you've committed an act that places you outside of his love. You think he'd love you more if you hadn't done it, right? You think he would love you more if you did more, right? Wrong. Wrong. God's love sees your sin and loves you still. Do you need to repent? Yes. But do you repent for his sake or your sake? Yours. God's love needs no bolstering. And he cannot love you more than he does right now. Romans 8, 38 and 39, it says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That includes you. That includes you. You are unable to separate yourself from God's love. But maybe he's calling to you today, and maybe you've been running from him for a long time. But maybe he's calling you, and maybe today is the day that you stop running and you decide that you're going to embrace him and you're going to accept his will for your life. And if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you can do that right now. He's waiting in complete love with his arms wide open, asking you to come. Come back out of the woe that you find yourself in and come back to God's way, to where he intended your life to be. You can accept him today. Would you pray with me? Pray this way if you've never accepted him. Lord, I'm a sinner. Father, I have failed miserably in my life. I have tried to do things my own way. Father, I turn from this way and I turn back to your way. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ today. Father, I thank you that he died for me and that his blood was shed for me to cleanse my sin and that he rose from the dead. I thank you that you have saved me, Lord. I put my faith and trust in you. Lead my life, Lord. If you've accepted the Lord and Savior before, this day, and you need to turn back from him to Him. Maybe you have tried to live life your own way. You've accepted Christ a long time ago, but you tried to live your life your own way for some time, and your life has just become a mess. You can turn back to Him today and simply with all your heart pray, Lord, I turn away from my own desires. I turn away from my own way of life. And Lord, I come back to You. Lord, I ask you to lead and guide me from here. I trust you. And I'm living your way from now on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you this week.